pleasure of talking to Emily Dacaret over Zoom video. Emily jumped around a little bit as a young child. She lived in Honduras for a little while, then uh, moved to California where she went through high school and then ended up moving to Paris to pursue a career in fashion. After living in Paris for a while, she moved back uh, to the States, moved to Los Angeles, and she wanted to launch her fashion brand. She wanted to tie her fashion in with, with film, so she was thinking back to some of the old perfume commercials from like the 70s, how they kind of told the story. So she wanted to do the same thing with her fashion line. She ends up contacting an independent filmmaker. They discussed doing something together and they needed a song. They had a song in mind, but couldn't get the licensing for it. So she decided to write a song for the film. She could speak French because she lived there and she wrote the song in French and it worked perfectly with the film and she just got hooked on songwriting. Ended up attending the Musicians Institute in Los Angeles, and there she wrote her first EP while, while going to school. It's called Cannibal. She put that record out in 2019. Then in 2020, she started writing what uh, became her first full-length record, which is a concept album. She talks to us about writing that record, collaborating with her producer and composer over Zoom during the pandemic, and the challenges she faced recording this new record. You can watch the interview with Emily on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It would be awesome if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're Bringing It Backwards with Emily Dacaret. I'm Adam, and this is all about you, your journey in music, and how you got to where you are now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right on. So first of all, why don't you tell me where you're born and raised? Um, so actually I was born in Kansas. Okay. And left when my parents left when I was two. So I lived one year in Honduras and then um we moved to California. So raised in California. Oh cool. What part? I'm from California as well. Oh cool. Um Madeira. Adara, okay. So right in the Central Valley. Right on. Yeah, I'm from San Diego, so similar-ish. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's California, right? <laughs> it's California, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was it like growing up in Madero? Uh, it was nice. I mean, I'm I'm happy I had that that experience. Like my family and I were super close, so on the weekends we would always go camping um, to Bass Lake. Yosemite, like a lot of the lakes, Hensley Lake, um, Santa Cruz, bike everywhere. So yeah, that was really great. Just like being able to uh, also go mountain biking with my dad after school. So that's it awesome. was a lot of fun. Yeah, that's really cool. Uh, how long were you in Honduras? You said Honduras. Yeah. So uh, my parents are from Honduras and I have a lot of family still there. So um, they wanted to try to see, uh, well, my dad, he wanted to try to see if maybe we could live in Honduras. And um, we were there for about a year. And, and I have like a little, like, I have some memories of it. I mean, I, I obviously went back after, but um, living there. Yeah. I was four, like from three to four. And uh, I mean, that was, it was a lot of fun. I do have a lot of memories from that. Just like, cool. yeah, um, going, cause we were living in this beautiful ranch and it's tropical. So you have 
like just a lot of green and vegetation and it's just so beautiful and the thunderstorms are amazing so that's yeah. really cool that's really cool but three to four so you weren't there too long obviously no <laughs> no not that long cool so well how did you get into music um so i uh when we moved to california i just because I was always dancing and making up my own songs and singing, my mom put me into dance class and I never stopped. So I like fell in love with music and it just felt like, I don't know, things didn't make sense without it. And it's always been such like a strong, I've always had such a strong relationship with it, but I also really loved fashion. Mm -hmm. and um and on it and I didn't even know what fashion was but I just knew I wanted to design and make clothes and um and my mom used to sew so I would just like crawl under her table pick up scraps and she would teach me how to stitch I love the sound of the sewing machine so those were two things that I was always considering either doing music like having a music career or being a fashion designer but as I, you know, got older, um, I just really wanted to do fashion and I decided to put music on the side and, um, and study fashion design. And so I moved to Paris, France, wow. studied there. <laughs> and, um, that honestly brought like being in France, um, brought me even closer to music, um, just because I got to like experience uh, a different style something that I really I because I've always loved indie music and like kind of like folklore and um more 70s so mm -hmm. like yeah David Bowie in the 70s Kate Bush um and right now I'm blanking out wow um Stevie Nicks so I've always loved that and 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 with like French pop retro pop there's just this intimacy that I really loved and so I kind of really was drawn to that and that became the inspiration for my design aesthetic. So when, um, after doing, graduating and doing a couple of internships, realized like I'm more of an artist versus just wanting to do one job and slowly working my way up and with maybe the possibility of becoming head designer but even mm -hmm. if you are the head designer if you're not artistic director you don't really have control sure so um i decided to move to la and start my own brand and um i'd always loved watching old vintage perfume campaigns that they were like a mini movie right so, um <laughs> i contacted an independent film company in la and told them i was you know, new designer launching my brand. Um, and if they wanted to collaborate with me on this idea that I had for a fashion film and um, they really loved the idea and we just started brainstorming. So it was all based around um, the song Je t'aime by Serge Gainsbourg and Jane Burke. And it came out like 1968, I think. Okay. And um, so we, did the whole film for that. I did my collection and had it ready for the film. 
Um, and then that was to be shown during LA Fashion Week, which also is a huge gamble because I was completely new, didn't know anybody here. And I just started reaching out to people and um, found this one, um, just because LA has different like fashion weeks, we don't have an official one. Mm-hmm. So I found one, Concept Shows, which I really liked their aesthetic and it just seemed to be more in line with what you would see in New York or Paris Fashion Week. So um, I contacted him and told him, you know, I'm a new designer. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it, it was, he asked for me to show some of my past collections, but this was my first ever. So um, I told him I was working on a film and I would send him stills from that so he could get an idea of what I did. And uh, so I think it was a month before Fashion Week. So I sent him the stills, like once we had something to show and uh, was planning the whole show, uh, model casting, everything uh, without really knowing if I could actually show. And um, I'm like a week before he called me and said, no, no, you're, you're, you have a slot you're going to show. And um And then I couldn't get the license for the song in time. So that's how I got into music. So we ended up going to a film composer and uh, he knew right away what the song was, the style, the flow. And that day we just started working on the song. And since I could speak, write and sing in French, Mm -hmm. um, he was like, well, you're just going to do the vocals. We don't have time to get a singer. (laughs) And I was like, oh my God, okay. And I mean, I had always written poetry before, so I thought, well, I guess I'll do that. I'll just write it. I'll start with a poem and turn it into a song and um, did that and fell in love and haven't stopped. Wow. So that was the first song you ever wrote was for that the film. Oh, my gosh. That's (laughs) incredible. Yeah. And were, did you do you play an instrument? Was it just you always sang growing up or? Yeah, I always sang. I mean, I was in choir and I was in I would do like theater school theater and things like that. Um, but my thing was mainly like illustrating um, dance and uh, finding a way to do fashion. So I I had kind of stopped uh, when I was in like my late like mid teens kind of stop training my voice okay so and would just do it for fun um but it wasn't until yeah that for that particular uh collection that then I went back into music and and I realized like oh yeah I need some vocal training because I just I wasn't a a trained singer um since I had left that a long time ago sure sure and um and then, um, and, and I loved it so much that I wanted to have more control over the music I was writing versus just not knowing the terminology or not really knowing how to use any of the DAWs. So I went to um, the Musicians Institute in LA and took uh, the artist development course, uh, which helps you to produce your own music and just gives you an overview of like, of everything kind of behind the scenes and um during that time i started working on some new songs and they turned 
ended up being my EP that I released um, in November 2019. Oh, really? And, that yeah. was the Cannibal EP? Yes, that okay. was Cannibal. And, um, and so I, once I had those demos, I took them back to my producer, who was the composer of all the songs that we had done for my fashion campaigns. Okay. And I was like, I think I have something. Maybe you'll like it. I know it's completely different just because we've always done songs that were more like film scores uh -huh. and yes with like and sometimes they would have vocals my vocals but not all the time so um we started working on that and really helped develop the sound I wanted which includes a lot of like those nostalgic 70s tones with um with a little bit more modern um like Blade Runner 2049 mm -hmm. was a big <laughs> inspiration. So having a lot of like those synths in it too. Okay. Rad. Yeah. Rad. So that whole cannibal record you said was you wrote most of it at that during that class. Uh so it was um I it was it was a whole it was a two-year course. So I had lots of classes. Oh, uh, okay. Oh, so you took like the yeah. whole like artist development. I I thought you just took one class at the university. No, in no. Okay, so you took the whole thing. Okay, I never took, mind. I, you know, <laughs> if I'm gonna do something, I want to. Sure, do it right. I mean, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, that's why I was confused. Yeah. I was like, wow, that's pretty pretty good. No, I'm mean, writing that no, many songs. I just, and... Yeah, no. Also, I just also for respect. I don't know. Like when I was in, we try to do. We we did it like we did a live performance before I went to MI, and. I just like for respect for myself and for the musicians I was working with, I just wanted to be a stronger player mm -hmm. to like understand what they're talking about. And so then I can tell them like, oh, this is what I want to do. This is what I think will be cool. So, yeah, I just decided I have to go to school. That's cool. It's the first song you wrote, though, was in French. Wow. When did you it learn how to speak French? French? Yeah. Yes. Is that something you had to learn when you were living in Paris? I did. I took French in high school. And then when I got to Paris, I realized all I can say is I'm lost. And where is the bathroom? So, <laughs> it was Pretty a important things, though. Really? Yeah, they were really important, especially because I think we were like five international students at, at one point. And I was the only one who knew how to say those two phrases. So I was kind of doing it for us. You're like, does anybody um, here need to go to the bathroom? I've got this. Yes. <laughs> and um <laughs> but actually my um my school was in French, so I had to like really pick it up because uh there were so many things I was missing and needed and I only had one teacher who was German, so he would speak French and English, which helped. And, you know, I'd ask him like, oh, what did they say in this class? But um, yeah, I think like within like the first three months, I was able to kind of pick up certain terminology. And then by six months, I was like, okay, I'm good in class. And then, it, but it took me at least a year to become pretty fluent. Wow. That's fascinating. I always wanted to learn another language. I tried Spanish a bunch of times. I mean, I got, I can get by in Spanish, but it not like, if you threw me in to Tijuana, I wouldn't be able to like hang, you know what I mean? I could like yeah. get by, but I've always wanted to be like really fluent. I think that's so cool. Yeah. Well, you know, like once I started to understand their humor and, and, and like laugh at their jokes is when I knew, oh my gosh, okay, I'm fluent now. <laughs> I yeah, actually that's cool. Can't. 
It's like hard because you need to pick up like the slang. It's not just like the book, you know, terminology. It's like no. that will get you by. But when people are using words in different sentences, like stuff that wouldn't you wouldn't think you're like, wait, what? What? <laughs> oh, yeah. And that happened. Like there were so many moments when I felt like, oh, I got this. And then I would meet new people. And um, because in school, you know, you wouldn't really hear that much slang, especially mm-hmm. from the teachers, from sure. the students, yes. But then I started to meet other people that lived outside of Paris and they spoke completely different. And so I was, and my roommate, she was French. So I just stopped and asked her, I was like, are you, this is like a whole new language. And she couldn't stop laughing. And she was like, yeah, because you're not used to our slang. Right, right. <laughs> like, okay, now you need to teach me your slang. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I'm, that's impressive that you're able to pick it up that quickly. I mean, a year seems long, but re- in reality, that's really not that, that long to learn a, a whole entire language. It's not. But I think it just when you're, you know, thrown into that situation and there are not that many people I came across that could speak English mm-hmm. or if they could, it was, you know, very limited. So like if you're going as a tourist and you're going to like the, like the tourist places, people that work in those stores and restaurants will tend to speak some English, but you'd be surprised. It's not that much. So um, I just had to learn, like if I was going to the grocery store or bakery, like nobody could speak English there. And um, you just, you just had to. You had to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, okay. So you put out Cannibal in 2019. Tell me about the, the recent stuff you have coming out. You, well, you put a song called Love Chain out in 2020. Where were you when this virus ha- ha- happened? So um, I, what, I was dealing with some family things. Um, we lost my grandpa in February. So Love oh Chain came. I'm sorry like about that. Three days Awful. after that. Yeah. Thank oh, you. Wow. And um, when I got back, and so we ended up going to Honduras to be with our family and my grandma. And when I came back, you know, just lockdown started right away. Mm-hmm. I think two weeks after I came back from Honduras. And uh, I decided to go back to my parents' house um, in Madeira, just because of the yard and we could go just to be together mainly. Sure. Yeah. And it was a weird time. (laughs) So weird. And so what I ended up doing with all this time that I had now, I just started writing and um, putting everything I felt into, into pen paper and um, which turned into a whole album. And so, and and my um, producer slash composer, he, uh, we decided to go into this project, how we had done before, where really collaborating together, where he's orchestrating the music and arranging it. Um, because in Cannibal, I had done, I had written the music, but in this one, you know, and he's like a classically trained pianist and everything. So we were like, yeah, we want to make this big and we want it to feel very cinematic just because there's so much emotion into it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and I felt like just like how I needed, I thought I'm sure others need just to know, like you can still be happy and hopeful and that's end dream. And so that was the whole intention of this album to really make people just 
feel okay with their emotions, whether it be sad, whether like love, happiness, like uh, melancholy, just, just, just to know that it's okay to feel that way. And, um, and yeah, so we, we, we recorded the whole album during quarantine. Um, we did everything like via zoom. Wow. Was that um, interesting? I, it was inter- It was tough. It was very <laughs> tough. Yeah. We had so many setbacks, so many obstacles, not so much. So with me, um, I was just recording my vocals at home and then we set aside, I think it was in, November it was in November we sat aside and I went to his studio and um both he and I had to be like we were completely isolated this whole time like since lockdown started until November just because I also had um I don't have issues myself but the people like like my dad he's diabetic so I just didn't want to risk anything yeah Um, Completely understand that. Yeah, and himself as well. So when we met, we like had our masks on, gloves, and like always staying six feet apart. And so I, I just went straight into like the vocal booth, and we were just calling each other, like, okay, yeah, that was good. Oh wow, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, uh, so it was, it was, it was uh, quite an experience. Um, so sure. we did the vocals all in two days, and. Um, and then, and all the instruments on this album are live instruments too. So the drums that we had our drummer in New York, he, like a lot of people actually were supposed to go on tour, but because of COVID had free time right. and they were able to jump onto this album. That's so oh, exciting. Cool. Yeah. Like I was really excited to get John Fumo on this to play all the trumpets and um, that he's played with like Whitney Houston and like, uh, wow. Neil Diamond, yeah, crazy. <laughs> so, yeah, and he really liked the style because it. The whole thing was we wanted it to feel like, like, kind of a retro, like big band feel, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, and the and the trumpets definitely help the brass and winds definitely help with that. Sure, that's cool. So the whole you have the whole record finished then. Yes. Um, so fading memories is I released that in March, 2021. Yeah. That's the most um, recent song I've, I've heard. Yes. And that's the lead single to the album yours always. Um, and yeah, like this album, um, was supposed to be out in April, but we've kind of pushed it a bit just to work again on the mix. Um, because the way that we recorded it was really working with like spatial audio. Mm -hmm. So you have the sensation of just being surrounded by all these instruments and like being able to kind of pick like, Oh, it's coming from here. Like really making it as immersive as possible. Interesting. And so with like Apple's new lossless thing, finally out, we decided, Mm -hmm. okay, let's, let's, let's like push it even more. Um, to see how far, like, to just make sure, like, we can give the listener, like, the best experience possible. So if you are listening in it, listening to it through, like, right now, Apple's lossless thing, um, you'll be able to experience that just, like, just to feel this immersion into, into the album. And it is a concept album, so 
we used a lot of like different sounds and synths to kind of tie thread all the songs together into the street. And a big thing, a big theme in the story is time and memories. So when you're transitioning from song to song, you kind of have that sensation of like, oh, I'm going to the past and now I'm going to the present. So it, it, you can kind of tell like when I'm referring to more of the past. And Oh, and cool. Yeah. That's really awesome. I haven't, I don't know much about that. The lossless thing that the Apple did. Yeah, it's, I mean, I know that they've started, they've started to remaster certain records. Like mainly it's like Bowie and uh-huh. Fleetwood Mac, like a lot of um, movie soundtracks just because it's like, it just gives it that, that additional like immersion because you, you are, you feel like all this sound is coming from different, like from the back, from the ceiling, like from different areas. And um, yeah, I think it's like, like, I love VR too. So that was kind of, again, that like, I love retro and nostalgic, but I love mixing that in with new technology Mm -hmm. so that's something that i've been wanting to do and and like combining both the fashion and music to to kind of create this 360 experience for for people Mm -hmm. so if you can especially and that's another reason why i wanted to do music you know because i didn't want people to feel like they couldn't if they couldn't afford what i make in my brand you can still enjoy it and feel like you're a part of it through the music because there's so much more to what I do with my collections. It's, it's not just about making pieces and selling them. It's, it's always creating a story. So, and I, I just want everybody to be able to enjoy the story if they want to. I love that. That's really awesome. And thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. I can't wait to hear the, the whole record and the, thank the concept. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, I do have one more question for you. I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. Yeah. um, I would say, and I mean, I tell myself this all the time too, but it's okay to be patient with yourself and your craft because I think like as an artist, what you want to do is create something that you want to put out into the world that will last rather than it just being following the trends or trying to, you know, get as many views as you can. Like, I think we kind of like now, especially we tend to lose sight of that. Like, why do you want to create art and what do you want to say with it? And, and how do you want to connect with people? So it's so important, I think, to kind of, to figure out what kind of artist you are, like what moves you and what, what is it that you want to like to throw out into the world that hopefully can connect with somebody else?